Hey guys, this is Crazy Juicy Love. If you're ready to change your life, your finances, and your love life, hiring a coach will dramatically give you results in any area that's important to you. This is season two of Crazy Juicy Love. Why hiring a coach will change your life. I'm so excited to introduce my my guy here, uh, Michael Christopher. Welcome, guys, to the Crazy Lu- Juicy Love Podcast. I have this lovely man, uh, Michael Christopher. He is a breath and mindful coach um, and a dear friend of mine. So um, I greatly appreciate you being here. This is awesome. <laughs> Because we, we, we've been around, we've known each other from like the beginning of these journeys that we're on. So it's- I know, it's it, it really, yeah, like the, like the journey of like starting to become a coach and then now have a business and then now like we're both just by our previous conversation, earlier conversation, like, oh, we're like figuring the things out and how to put this together and create what we want to create and both why both what we feel was i guess i can speak for you like what we've been put on this earth to do yeah i certainly feel that i I think you know that is a a really strong idea you know purpose essentially is what is what we're talking finding purpose and it's it's interesting because so often we we lump like purpose together with um like this unjoyous uh, um, thing. It's like uh, you know, it's it's like a, a stoic. Uh, not that there's not joy in stoicism. There's there's much joy, but like finding joy in that. You know what I mean? Finding yeah. joy, in purpose, and because that leads to happiness. You know, I think purpose is far more important than happiness. But you find you find happiness in in like getting joy out of your purpose as well and I, it, it's just cool to see these journeys yeah um i i just really wanted to introduce you and bring you on because uh, you have this you know technique that you've been studying with um i guess he's world famous wim hof um um it definitely has become a a movement um and health and wellness so i'm just really curious and share with people like I mean, how did you even discover Wim Hof technique and your journey of like, like, I wonder what was the moment you were like, hmm, like, this is my, this is, I think this is what I'm meant to do, who I need to study with. Like, what was the the moment? What was the connection? And how did you, how did the whole journey start? Um, to be 100% honest with you, I don't want, I don't fully remember. However, uh, my best friend in the world who my trust was like, yo, that was me being like, this guy's super weird, but he's awesome. You're super, <laughs> awesome. you should check him out. And I was like, I wasn't at that time into like mountain climbing or any, you know, thing like that. I, Where I, were you? Huh? Where were you? In New York. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, growing up, I, I played sports. You know what I mean? That was, that was my thing. And then later on, it was uh, in entertainment as a, as an actor and, and like performer. Um, so he was like, 
just check them out, you know? And I watched a couple documentaries, I watched the Vice documentary that I think was my first intro and I was like, wow, this is, like I'd been doing breath work and I'd been doing meditation and, you know, uh, mindfulness training and, uh, you know, in that world, the, the holistic world for like 15 years uh, until that point. Mm-hmm. And so I knew the value of it, like I just, you know, I knew the value of it and then I saw him again on, I think it was Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan, something like that. And I was like, man, this guy is, he's captivated. I just want to check it out. So I went online and I tried one of the free courses that he does. And it was just like 15 minutes and it just, it rocked my world. In person or like on online? Yeah, it was online. I didn't meet him until later, later that, no, the, later the next year. So I, I I just started doing it on my own at the, after that, um, once a day, started with 15 minutes. And then I was like, you know what? I want to, I don't I, I, I want to go further with this. Like I, I knew he had uh, a 10 week course and I was like, man, I just, there, there's something here. Like there's uh, the place where I was getting in like five minutes on like, uh, uh, mind, body, soul level before could have taken like 40, 45, you know, that kind of thing, or if at all. And I was like, man, this is like, this is a, a, a key into like the Pandora's box of our, of us, our inner physiology, our, our mental state, like all of it. Um, so I was like, I gotta, I gotta meet this guy. I really gotta see what he's about. So I started that journey and then I met him uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago. Like that maybe a little longer at this point. Eighteen, twenty. What are we in twenty twenty? We just turned twenty twenty. Twenty 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 twenty. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So a couple of two and a half years ago. Or so, um, and I met him, and it was just like you know, he was a captivating guy, as are most you know people in in that realm. Uh, like you know, and it, it, it just. He was magnetic. And then I met his family and I was like, man, I, I just fell wow. more and more in love with all of them, you know, cause his story is pretty, uh, it's pretty unique, but hearing it from someone else's perspective, especially your family, your kids, and just seeing the love and admiration that they have and how, you know, it was something beautiful. And I was like, I got to teach this. Like, if nothing else, I have to, uh, like get certified and in like have this method be a big part of um, like what I do and what I want to do as a whole with my career, you know. Mm-hmm. So tell me, like, can you just say a little bit about who is Wim Hof? Because most people don't even know that name. If I if I mention that name, people are like who oh, what? You know. So tell me about Wim Hof and the Wim Hof technique. Yeah. So he's he's better known as the Ice Man. Mm-hmm. He summited Mount Kilimanjaro and Everest in just a pair of shorts. past the death zone. Yeah. So he's he's essentially like found a way to hack into your body's autonomic nervous system willingly with breath work and cold submersion and mindset training. Um, so you know people with autoimmune diseases have seen just dramatic results, and um, it's pretty cool. Uh, the the Nobel Prize winners this past year, you know, it was based off of um, oxygen and cells and what happens. Your oxygen, you know, your cells are depleted with oxygen. What happens with uh, their reaction? It's it's like it's it's a growing. It's I think women is at the forefront of 
uh, a growing movement towards um, certainly uh, breath work in particular <clears throat> training, uh, but also like holistic methods. I think they're becoming more accepted. I think it, he he in particular has um, started this movement around breath work and in cold training that is uh, is just a benefit for anybody that experiences it. Um, I mean, yeah, he has done some like really like things like you know really tapped into something that people like he literally for those of you who don't know he, I, I can't maybe you can speak on it more than I can but he literally did this walk and and like whatever degree it was no shirt no shoes and I was just like what in the world but he you know did it because he like you can train your mind to really push past your comfort zone mm-hmm. and um and like he can you do you know that story which one the one he walked with his shirt off with in, in the snow oh he ran a marathon in the polar ice cap without shoes yeah just think about that for a second the polar ice i mean yeah it's it's it, it, the stuff that he's done is is crazy you want to hear a really funny go ahead i've finished with your story and i'll tell you no, I, I, that's all I remember. I just remember him just being with no shirt, no shoes on, and he crossed this thing that most people can't even do with gear on, and he did it. And I was just like, wow, you know what I mean? And I, he also did something, you know, I, for, I can't remember the, the disease that he put up in his body. He cured himself mm-hmm. um, of this, like, disease. And I was just like, wow, like, I just had to, like, look into more and more of, like, this mind-body thing of, like, you can really control and cure yourself if you just discipline yourself to to do it Mm -hmm. yeah that study was in 2009 it's called the endotoxin study you can find it on youtube now they have some really cool uh animated videos on it um but essentially he injected himself with a dead strand of e coli to prove that you can suppress the body's immune system willingly and with this breath work what they saw after he injected himself was the response so how you one of the ways that you measure inflammation in the blood is with cytokines right so when you have in uh an intruder mm-hmm. and they're signaling protein so they're like hey down here this is where we need the troops and then the troops come and that's when you feel sick because your immune system is like fighting this thing so you don't have the normal energy that you usually have <clears throat> excuse me so what they noticed with this study he injected himself with a dead strand of E. coli because the, the reason why that you injected with the dead strand of E. coli, so the cell will read that there's an invasion, there's an intruder, and they'll signal the troops. But what is actually inside the cell, there's nothing there. It's you know, it's just mm-hmm. you get the uh, you get the <clears throat> not the actual uh, disease, so to say. Um, so the cytokines were less than half. But what they also noticed was that it was promoting white blood cells to still fight the inflammation and fight the infection. So even though the inflammation was down, it was still clearing out the disease or the bacteria, mm. rather. Um, and they were startled by this. Like uh, Mathis, Mattis, Mattis and, and Cox were the, uh, the doctors, the scientists that were there. I don't know Cox's first name, Math- Mattis. Yeah. Anyway, you, you can look that up. But um, <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they're all like foreign names to me. I'm like a dumb American. I'm like, oh, this for 
but yeah, it was done in, in uh, Holland, I think. Um, I don't know if it was in Amsterdam or not. Um, yeah, so they were like, well, you're just an outlier. <clears throat> you know, maybe you're just like, you can just do this. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not special. I'm just trained. That's his whole thing. We have way more power than us, but it has to be trained. We're not special. <clears throat> trained, right. So he, they're like, okay, we'll do it again. So we did it again. And then they're like, okay, well, if we want to make this a legit study, we have to get different samples, people that train with you, people that don't train with you, you know, we went through the scientific approach to it. The people that trained with him for, for six days, just six days, produced the same results when injected with the dead strand of E. coli. The people that didn't train with them all got sick. They got the normal, you know, oh, God. <laughs> E. coli, right? And they're like, wow, this is this is pretty crazy because it seems, and this is where, this is why, a big part of the reason why I'm, I focus on the breath is like, it, it, there's something sacred about it. Like there's truly something sacred about it. So through this breathing, you can willingly affect to a degree your autonomic nervous system, hmm. right? So you're putting kind of the brake pedals on the system or, or having it up, whatever, you know. And, and what is that for people don't know? Say that again? The autonomic, the autonomic system, what is that if you don't know? So essentially like it's what you, it's how we process, it's, it's how we function without thinking about it. You don't think about breathing, like you're not inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, right? You don't, you're, you're not, you're blinking right now, you're not thinking about blinking. Right. Right, saliva is being produced, we're talking, right, you're not thinking about consciously making so that kind of thing you're not thinking about blood running through your veins like oh constrict the veins open up so allow for blood. okay things happen it, it automatic is a, is a better way to think about it like the autonomic like it's auto that those processes are automatic like the somatic is like my i i go I, i'm my brain says hey go pick this book up i pick this book up i put it you know i'm in control of those things like that's that's like the physical uh, but the autonomic are things that we don't don't really think about. It just it just happens. Yeah. Right. So we're not supposed to control those things. But here's the here's the beauty of the breath. Right. The breath is in direct connection with the heart and the kidneys. Um, when you breathe a certain way, that affects your physiology. Right. That affects a lot of uh, like how we operate. Mm -hmm. we're, we're the only mammals that we know of that can consciously control our breathing or change or affect our breathing to alter our state, right? So there, there's something in the breath out of all, like, the functions, like, you know, uh, pupils dilating or uh, uh, digestion occurring. Like, all of those things happen just naturally. Same thing with the way we breathe, but out of all of those things that just naturally happen, our breath is the only thing that we can control. And that's like the, the, the key to all of that other uh, process, th those processes happening. If there's something like, there's something so safe about it. It's like, okay. uh, it, it's, it's, our, it's our gateway into how we operate. Wow. I mean, it's so, <clears throat> It's like I, I, you remind me of like when I, when I was used to get, have a personal trainer. He would he would always like you gotta breathe, <laughs> you know. Like it's so simple. That's not that we do that when we start to think about wellness and health. That 
we <laughs> we forget to breathe, <laughs> you know, and it's something that's supposed to be automatic, but we forget, you know. Yeah, uh, well, it, it's something that's trained too. Like, a, you know, a, a, a few of my buddies are Navy SEALs. They're, you know, uh, they're military. They're in the Marine Center. And they say too, the first thing that they say when, when shit's going down around you and, you know, bombs are going up, catch your breath. Like, catch your breath <clears throat> and, and move, you know? It's the same thing. You watch you watch any athletic event. So you watch, you watch a fight, right? In between rounds, when they come back, it's like, okay, find your breath. Expand your diaphragm, find your breath. Because the breath is the key into your nervous system. Right. <clears throat> so I'll give you an example. I'll get a, I'll get a little, this is this is part of what I want to do. I want to bring like the woo-woo to reality, right? <laughs> you, I'll give you an example. Uh, so the reason why like you catch your breath, right? And you exhale and you fully exhale for a little bit, right? If you're in a really stressful situation, you, you want to physically put your body in the, the place of mentally and emotionally being in a parasympathetic state. So more relaxed, more trusted, more the brake pedal of your, of your system. And that only happens when your vagus nerve, which is your largest nerve, is activated. Right. It's like it, it's a big nerve here. Right. And you picture, you know, like octopus tentacles that go yeah. all of our major organs right it puts us in the in a parasympathetic arrest and digest a chilled a trusted state that only is activated when we exhale right so often when you get scared what do you do <laughs> yeah. right think about when you jump into the cold one of the reasons why we train in cold when you get into the cold it takes your breath away <laughs> our body's freaking the fuck out but when we can chill and just catch your breath yeah. <clears throat> set in motion these processes that put us in a more relaxed state so now our system our nervous system is being like okay this isn't a, it, it, like we can operate in this this isn't a bigger threat as we originally thought so we have to freak out we can like calmly make these choices it doesn't mean you move slower but you calmly make those choices it's it's more of a like of a like creating as opposed to a reacting technique like when you catch your breath and you're able to exhale specifically like you can exhale and slow the breathing. Like you are gaining access into how you operate. Yeah. And it sounds so interesting. It reminds me of how like I coach too. Like even though I'm not, you know, I guess I'm, I'm considered in the wellness industry, but like I... Relationships I, are a huge part of, of personal wellness. Right. <clears throat> and I always tell clients like, okay, slow down, like breathe, like catch your breath. Like you're overreacting right now. Just come back to the breath and like connect your mind and body like what's really real and what's what's actually happening right now so you can start to separate yourself from reality and what's <clears throat> what's really going you know the, the fake and the real you know what i mean and i'm curious like can you um can you share some of your story because i know i've seen some pictures of you in the cold <laughs> with no shirt off like you know what are some of your some stories, some crazy story or, or funny stories that you know of your journey of becoming this you know mind body wellness coach with Wimpoff or any other boys? Um, I'll tell you a cool story about women, then I'll tell you a funny story about me because I've certainly pushed myself a little too far. Oh, you have? 
Oh yeah, and got humbled like. I know. Is it more extreme than I'd seen you in the ice buckets? Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was one of the only times in my life I, I haven't really told to. Certainly didn't tell my parents. It was. It was one of the only times in my life where I was like, if you don't do something within the next few minutes, like you're in danger. Mm, okay. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> well. I was. I decided to go and uh, ride my bike on the coldest day of the year in New York uh, for about an hour with just a pair of shorts and tank top on. <gasps> no. <laughs> what was this? It was in the. It, uh, it wasn't that long ago, to be honest with you. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, I don't know. Several. It was a few months ago at this point. But this is after years of doing this stuff. Um, but. I'm used to like hiking like that. Like we've climbed, we've hiked mountains and in, in this stuff, but your body's like, you're constantly moving. Right. I didn't take into account because I, I had done it before. Um, like riding my bike and stuff that I'm just like standing there. Like I'm just, I'm just flowing like this on my bike. Like I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not, and it was downhill. I, it was just, it was, a, it was a bad idea. I was also doing a, like, I think at that point a 40, hour fast a 35 oh gosh <laughs> and I, my, my body fat is, is is low to begin with so i didn't have much glucose to, to, to burn to keep warm and man I, like i came to a point where i was like i, I don't know like it, we had, i was at a stop sign or one of the lights and I, I like started going like this to gain more movement in my arms and, and they were just like and arm circles you know it was just it, it wasn't very uh i didn't prepare very very well um so it's like all right like i have probably like i don't know 25 more minutes this was like 35 40 minutes in, probably 40 minutes in because the way the, the wind was hitting it was like taking me a lot longer than normal to to go so i was like we're at that point like my eyes were i didn't know if I, I, I didn't have any glasses or goggles and I didn't know if my like tears were freezing or if my vision was just kind of, you know, Oh man. Right. So I was like, let's go find a subway and just get on and like eat this one. Like take a, take a humble pill and you know, so I, I <clears throat> uh, so I, I finally got down there and I was like in my head, like, uh, you know, I was like, man, I got to warm up. Like I got to start doing some movements and, uh, and get into my space and people I think like it's it's in the teens it's probably, it's in the low teens okay so everyone's bundled up in New York and then there's me in just a pair of shorts and a tank top like a you know just a, like kind of like a strange tank top and I'm you, trying in, to do in this were you in a subway yeah so I was in the subway doing, oh god because what happens this is what happens after you get out of the cold when you get into the cold and you relax like your arms and your legs the extremities the capillaries they, they shut right so all of the warm blood essentially goes to your vital organs mm. you know, if you warm and the intercostal muscles with which line your rib cage they burn through glucose you know right they burn through the stuff that you eat the calories that turn to glucose and then they burn through them to keep your vitals warm you know, and I was like, that I, I had, it, it, I was on like low supply of everything. So I'm sitting there and I'm like doing my stuff. And uh, one of the things, if you're ever cold, this is a, a good thing to do as well. And you'll see us do it too. Like you, you, we'll put our hands like this, 
like you'll see people climb the mountain. You're gonna you're gonna have to explain a little bit better since it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, audience, just do this, right? Um, <laughs> you, put, you put your arms behind your back like you're I don't know, like you're in a, in a proper ball or something. You know, you're just sitting with your arms behind your back. But the, the idea is is that you want each arm to cover your kidneys, right? So you want oh. and your your adrenal glands are on top of your kidneys, so you know you can warm those up. So anyway, so when you are cold, you know, you put your arms behind your back on your, your kidneys and you kind of like flex your arms a little bit to generate some blood flow, some heat. Like certain like uh, like you're rubbing sticks together. Like you're like you're pressing friction. Like you're pressing your arms close together. Like try to touch your try to touch your um Okay, I'm doing this too. But like you're creating friction with your skin in that specific area when you go up and down. It's like friction. Don't, no, don't necessarily think about it up and down, more like just flexing. Like you okay. muscles and uh-huh. then you release them. And then you squeeze your muscles and you release them. So like without moving your arms, you squeeze your bicep, you just tense your arms. Oh, okay. So being able to breathe through that, you know, you generate some heat. So I'm on the train, okay? And, and I can't, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not gonna go into my full breath stuff to warm back up like breath of fire, like even with my hot breathing on the train. Cause I I'll, thought you were crazy. <laughs> Because I'm in shorts and tank top, I have my bike and I would just be sitting, <sighs> that kind of thing. Like, no, <laughs> and I look how I look. I look like a caveman. Like, I'm well aware of my appearance, right? So I'm on the train and I start like doing, you know, uh, like arm squeezes and stuff like that. So then I was like, dude, you you need to you need to breathe a little bit because I started getting an after drop, like a really bad one too. Because I I was out. What is it? After drop? What is that? So an after drop essentially when your when your capillaries and your arms and your legs they close and they send all the warm blood to your vital organs when you get back into either a warm weather warmer temperature excuse me or your nervous system calms down your capillaries will then open back up and the cold blood that was in your your extremities your arms and your legs will now mix with the warm blood that was in your vitals and it can drop your your core body temperature so it's a mm. drop after you get out of the stress of the uh the cold, cold. Your, your temperature drops because now it has to open up and adjust and you know warm that blood back up um so there are certain like movements that we do like that you know so i'm on the train and i'm doing these things and you know, ultimately it was fine. Like I was okay, but it was, there was a point where I was uh, like the wind was blasting, and I'm in between two like buildings type things, and I, I was going incredibly slowly for for how I. Uh, oh you know, like, it was just like, all right, dude. You know, there's one of those things. That, you know, I've stayed in ice baths for like way longer than I should have in the past. You know, like. 45 minutes type thing, 40 minutes type thing. And just testing, just like, okay, let's just see if we can, and it's whatever, you know, it's, it's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard when I say whatever, but in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, you know, fuck this. (laughs) Oh my God. And I got the bridge and it's, it was like, you know, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, um, that's one of the stories that, (laughs) 
Wow. I mean, <laughs> that is a, I don't think I've ever done, I think the, the, the closest, craziest things I've ever done was when I think Hurricane Sandy was here. I walked out, I walked outside and I went to someone's house in the middle of the storm and I, I, I had smoked some weed at this person's house and then the person's like, Do you, are you sure you want to go home? Are you sure you want to go home? I was like, yeah, I want to go home. I'm not going to stay here. Um, and I think because of the combination of, by the time I left the person's house, I think that's when the, the, the weed hit me. And so like, the combination of the weed and being outside in the wind, it was like cold and it felt good. And I was just, but it was like hard to get home because the wind was so strong. But it was like, and I literally remember taking a a picture outside. I posted it <laughs> on Facebook and my friends were like calling me, texting me. He's like, get your ass inside. <laughs> what are you doing? I was just like, I just wanted to see, you know, because I had never done it before because I'm from Miami. Because in Miami, it's like dangerous, you know. <laughs> Get that, because we lived in Florida, you know, South Florida, I think, around the same time, too. And it's like, you, you have that inquisitive mind that's like, oh, I'm just going to see what it's like. And then right. in Florida, it's like, oh, man. No, like when I used to be on a cruise ship, when a hurricane, I used to be a dancer at the cruise ship. And, you know, a couple of times, I remember this one particular time, we couldn't go we were leaving Miami and we couldn't go back because the hurricane was coming to Miami. So he said, we have to go through the hurricane or try to go around it. And I was like, what? So we had to go through particularly m- most of the hurricane and the ship is like rocking and they're warning you like, please stay in your cabin. You can't go outside. If you're going to be outside, you got to just stay in the middle uh, of the ship don't go on top of you. I mean, literally, people were up on the deck drinking, like, oh. celebrating hurricane. There's, like, tables and chairs, like, flying overboard. It was just crazy. But people just, like, they're like, hey, if, you know, if this is my moment, I want to go out drinking and whatever. I'll just, like, yeah, no, not me. <laughs> hey, I have the more power to them. but... <laughs> So uh, I remember doing some things with you and I just, you know, the benefits of like, cold, uh, we talked about, you know, the ice baths. Like, what, what are some of the benefits of ice baths and cold showers? Because to be honest, like, some taking cold showers is like... It's, <laughs> dude, huh? it's not easy. It's not easy. It becomes easy, but it, uh, easier, but it's it's not like easy. You get used to it you still we have an innate fear of cold as human beings like we have receptors on our skin that read the pain that read cold as pain so it's like we have an innate fear of extreme cold similarly to extreme heat you know but i mean look at how good saunas are for you too but it's one of those things where like again the breath is is key to everything because it's a stress it's a humongous stress being in a cold environment like a, a an ice bath or a cold shower you know, but when you're able to breathe through it, you tell your system, oh, this isn't a big of a stress. So now it takes more external stress to stress you out. That's why mm-hmm. it's cool to prime your day with it because you're already going into, oh, there, there's something that we're, we're seeing when you willingly put yourself in a stressful state for a short amount of time, how beneficial it is. And we look at working out, right? You exercise, you're in a stressful state. You know what I mean? You're doing yoga, you're, you're like stressing your body. 
but that short amount of stress, the hormesis, that short amount of stress equals long-term strength. It, it's it's the same thing with ice. Now you get a lot of benefits of you know um, anti-inflammatory benefits from the ice, which are just crucial mm-hmm. to longevity and to overall wellness. But um, the nervous system you you train greatly in there it, it, you know as you do in, in in a lot in, in short-term stress environments but you know you're you're i'll give you a little uh, like a, a little scientific breakdown like i'm not i'm not a scientist but i want to explain this to the best of how you're i smart <laughs> huh i said you're smart yeah uh, no, I'm, I'm not uh, <laughs> um, but okay, so when you when you we have this this part of our brain, the hypothalamus, that the control center between our endocrine system and our nervous system, right? So our endocrine system are what like produce and release hormones throughout our body. Your nervous system is your reaction to things, right? So this hypothalamus is the control center between it. So you know you, you have a reaction to the thing. Your hypothalamus tells the endocrine system hey we we need this we're, we're you know release these hormones and it, it's 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 the uh the little you know crane and the overall uh robotic uh mechanism of how we operate so when you get into the cold the hypothalamus is like <clears throat> this is good get out send a bunch of drones right shut down the capillary right you, you you go into almost like a panic mode but when you're able to breathe and exhale, you're starting to activate now your vagus nerve, what we talked about before. So you get more in a parasympathetic state, you get more in a trusting state. So you're able to <sighs> exhale and breathe. You tell your hypothalamus, hey, this is no longer as big of a threat as we first thought. So we cannot, we don't have to have a big of a reaction with the nervous system. We don't have as much uh, release. We don't have to have a bigger reaction with uh, your hormones, right? With your endocrine system. So you're literally training your nervous system to raise its base level of response to stress. So now external stress isn't going to stress you out as much, right? Because it's like, I've already prepped doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is a coworker going to do that's going to stress me out more than an ice? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you train your nervous system to be less reactive uh, to things, which, you know, you're, you're a communication coach, essentially, right? A, a relationship coach. Is, you have communication with everything. You have relationships with everything. It, mm-hmm. it, to operate more from your higher self when you're in communication with things that's yourself that's your partner that's whatever person or thing you're dealing with it it, it shifts your your outlook to be more um flexible yeah because you're seeing your perceptions are changing in terms of like what you can do and and i really love what you're just saying because although I, i don't really keep up the mob technique but i know like I remember being in that cold water at your place, and it's really like okay, going back to okay, what what's really happened? I'm just I'm just in cold water, and all I have to do is breathe. And once you start to breathe, you like because basically your mind is really what's happening is reacting. Like what the fuck am I doing? And then once you like calm you start to breathe and your mind is like okay this is not that bad this is like actually fine like you just start going through this sort of process too and like even for me like 
sort of keeping up that sort of same, not in cold water, but in like in life, when you're dealing with, you know, hardships or anything like that, or if you've been training for something, I remember uh, this also like hearing you talk remind me when I was training for um, <laughs> one of the Spartan races, I did the, uh, <clears throat> Uh, the beast and the beast is like over 16 miles it's like up this mountain and it is rough and um, and I remember like it was shortly after I did the thing with you and I was going through this training and the guy at this um, urban jungle which is in Queens because I love this place and he would always like mentally prepare me he was like you know you're stronger than what you think you are. This is not that, like, just, you just have to go through this pain right now to get to the other side. And, like, literally all those things, like, from you to him, like, because mentally, my body, well, first of all, physically, my body was hurting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, I was cramping, feet was hurting. Like, I mean, my electrolytes was down. Like, nothing, like, uh, I just couldn't, eat enough, drink enough Gatorade to stop my body from cramping up and being in pain. Mm. And I really, that mental training of like, um, just, okay, this is just happening. This is not the end. I'm going to make sure I'm going to finish. Like just breathe, like really breathing and like really connecting to whatever part of my body that was in that pain like learning to mentally get myself off. Cause some, there was a couple times I had to like sit on the ground because I was cramping so bad that I, I couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And I would have people like literally picking me up. Like it's really mental, just get up and keep walking. Here, eat this, take that. Like I have never been in this position or this state. Like every single movement, even if you go to just move your hips, will cause it to cramp again. Right. Debilitating. It's not like, oh, you just straighten your leg and you stretch it. (laughs) No, like every single movement causes that thing to tense up in in, in extreme pain. It's like cramping when you're in competition is horrible. Right. Horrible feeling. And then at the end, like, again, like the ice, like being in being in the cold water because all they all they had was like cold water, cold showers and how that really somehow like really calm. I was just thinking like I need ice, I need cold water to help because I was definitely having inflammation like around my knees because I had to drive back because I did this thing by myself. I, I did it by myself because um, I had to drive back to, to, to New York. So I had to really like treat myself like really like with ice with um cold water to really calm my body down because my body was just a wreck mm-hmm. after that whole thing yeah so yeah. what are some, like some of the misconceptions that you come across when people and you introduce them to this sort of technique um well it's interesting people that experience it like i, I there i'll tell you a, fun, a cool story that happened to me last week about a week and a half ago, um, dear, they become dear friends of mine, but people that I, I train with up in Massachusetts, um, they're, they're CrossFit um, practitioners and former professional athletes. And um, her dad was in town from Scotland and, um, you know, he's a big, uh, he, you know, he, he, he thinks it's, is woo-woo and like big skeptic or whatever. He's got a great sense of humor and just cutting up, you know? Oh, goodness. 
<laughs> so, you know, we kind of last time after everyone was talking about it, whatever, he's like, all right, I'll, you, you know what, I'll try it next time, that kind of thing. So next time was about a week and a half ago. And afterwards, he was just blown away. Like he, he asked the most questions and like he was, he was floating on a whole other level. Um, what was what was his skepticism? What were he saying? Well, just the just the, the mental states that you can get to the benefits that it's you know this is one of the things too with, with newer it, it's not new at all in terms of the practice but it's new in terms of the popularity again or you know with being in the public breath work in particular um, but there are a lot of claims that come with that you know and. Um, some some just like to claim things because they're a part mm-hmm. of them and just be a part of the tribe, whatever. But there are a lot of truths to uh, to them as well. So just in terms of like, oh, is this really you know what they say it is, and like I'll be able to um, like breathe, you know, like two to three beats, per, two to three breaths per minute after this, I'll be able to hold my breath for. But and it's like, well, just try it, you know. Just, just, I mean, it's not going to hurt you. It's like so simple. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of it too is is um, based. On, I haven't had I, I haven't had a whole. Lot, I've had people that have been like, I'm skeptical. Like, there's a lot of talk about this thing out there, but I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. But I had anyone come that's like, this is bullshit. I'm, I just want to prove to you that this, whatever. That's never happened. People are are genuinely curious which is really cool that's really especially in this kind of you know community um but it's it's really cool to see people that are like ah man i'm i'm like i'm skeptic about it i'm here i'm skeptic and then have just like become the biggest fans and yeah that's cool i know we talked about you know us being entrepreneurs this sort of entrepreneur section of this this talk like you know i'm curious if like you know, on your journey as you grow as you being an entrepreneur, like what, you know, what are you learning so far about yourself by, you know, having your own business, creating your, you know, your success, building your business? Like, what are you learning um, by pursuing this? And like, what are some of the mistakes you've made that you can share? What have you learned from those things? Yeah, yeah. Learning that I have a lot of improvement to make in my organizational skills. It, I mean, being organized is like, <laughs> like even like creating content, like every day, like having goals, like organizing, like how are you going to do a podcast? How are you going to do content? How are you going to like? It's 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 a lot of it's a lot. I, I enjoy it. It's like just the creative. Forget about the maintenance of like maintaining your emails or. Uh, maintaining your uh, uh, social media stuff, like just creating event pages. You know what I'm saying? Creating just the the pictures to put up for promotion for the events. Like all of that shit takes a lot of time. And you don't think about it because it's like the idea of being an entrepreneur is is beautiful. I think that I think everyone. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I think whoever whoever has that drive to do it, like, should do it. Um, but it's like you, the creative aspect of it is so appealing, and it's like, oh, this is great. You get to create your life, and you know, how is it that I want to operate? But 
I for I didn't think that it was as as much work, like just physical work of like maintaining electronic <coughs> forces as it as it is. And you know, um, in writing a lot, you know, it's like sometimes I don't feel like writing, but it's like no, yeah, <laughs> gotta fucking do this, man. This is part of it, you know. Like this is coming from an athletic background. To me, it's like this is this is where you go to the gym at five in the morning. And it's like, I don't want to do this. It's like, yeah, no shit. No one does. But it's like, right. get more used to doing that are the ones that are going to succeed more. Right. And I, like, I don't, I don't ever, I, I want to do an ice bath, but I don't ever want to do an ice bath. <clears throat> it's shit, you know. <laughs> it's a huge stress. I don't, but I, I know the benefits. And when I'm in there and it's like that piece that I'm able to, to get, it's like, it's great, but those first 30 seconds and those moments before, like you've experienced, it's like, oh, God damn it, I know this is gonna be hard. You can't fake it. That's no. beautiful about it. And I think that's what's so beautiful about, one of the things that I love about the women is in his method, there's a lot of physicality to it. You know, it's like this external world, the world that we live in, it's like, that's where we test things out. That's where we know if our philosophies are bullshit or not, if they actually work. Right. And it's like the, the physical is where we get to test um, all that other stuff. And when you're in an ice bath, you can't fake that, man. You can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Like you just have to literally be in the moment and control what you can control, which is your breath. It's 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 like it's beautifully stoic in that sense. Getting back to stoicism, which I think is a, a really serving and beautiful philosophy. Uh, you control what you can control and you don't worry about the rest and when you're in a nice bath you don't have a choice <laughs> to worry about the rest good luck trying to like figure out math problems when you're in a nice bath like until you're used to it that shit ain't happen you have to <laughs> right and breathe and then after a little bit your body's like oh okay i'm adjusted and then it's like ah whoa i was holding on to a lot you know it just it, it helps you just let the fuck go and that's, I really love that, like, you know, it's an example, like, in life, like, how, it's going back to what you said earlier, like, we're, when you don't have these sort of techniques in your life, and this sort of habit, or this sort of training, you're constantly reacting to life over and over and over again, and you're, and then, what you don't see is all that stuff you're holding on to, all the stories, all the things in your body, all, all those things, and you're not letting go. And then you are causing trouble, you're causing pain, you're causing reaction to other people. And it's like, when you have, you when you do something like, you know, the Wim Hof technique, you know, it's like, holy shit, like I have a lot of stuff that I'm holding on to. It's like, okay, learning how to let go. And it's like, oh, you, some people freak out. Like, I don't want to let go, I just want to get out of the bathtub. It's like, no, and I'm glad you brought stoicism up because it's like one of the things that my my best friends like talk about. Um, we talk about it a lot, and we, we remind each other of like you know stoicism is being be, having the ability to just be calm in the storm and be able to think and focus and think clearly when everything else is chaos. That you can still find a place a, a sense of ground, being grounded and think and execute as you keep going forward. Um, <clears throat> no, go ahead. Yeah, it's a big part of intention. You yeah. Know, like you want a really strong intention and then you want the tools in the practice to be able to maintain that intention through the storm. Yeah. So that's where that's where things like breath work with in, intention, breath work with an intention. 
you know, like say you want to attract more compassion, like actually in compassion, like each breath, you're thinking I'm breathing in compassion. And as you exhale, just thank it and let it go. Like don't hang on to the shit. You just let it vibrate that. We start to raise frequency to the vibration of compassion, right? So, you know, meditations like that where you're actively breathing in uh, ideals or, or states of being like, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. So what is like, take me through one of the, like if somebody's like driving, <laughs> what is like, it's a sample of like a breath work that's one can do, especially if you're, you're driving and you know, you're in traffic and you get frustrated. Like what is something, a breath technique that one can do to like just calm themselves down, just like to be present. Breaths. Huh? Count your breaths. Like, you know, count your breaths per minute. That's a really good indication of how stressed you are. If you're breathing, uh, real, I mean. Can you give an example? Ideally, you want to be breathing around six breaths per minute and under. If you're stressed, you're breathing over 10, 10, like 10 to 15. If you're really stressed, you're breathing like 20 times per minute, which is, or, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, 20 times per minute, which is like. A lot of mouth breathers, breathing out of your mouth is is only good when it's intentional, uh, but it puts us in a very high stress state. Yeah. So ideal breathing is gently through the nose, right? So if you can breathe gently through your nose around six times per minute, you're looking great. If you're if you're over that, then you know you can regulate it and just be conscious of it. But focusing on the breath is one of the things that can always be with us in any state, whether you're driving or not. Like, would I would it, to answer your question? I would never suggest doing breathing techniques while driving a car. Mm. <clears throat> <laughs> if, if 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 in your car is the only time that you would have time to do your breath work for ten minutes out of the day, you got to reorganize some things. Yeah, I would never suggest that. But what you can do when you're in your car is you can count your breaths. If you're, if you feel your brain going crazy, you know, like thought, 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 you're in a beta state brain, you know, uh, uh, beta state thought of mind, like your, your brain is just like a, a, you're a low state. It's just like constant chatter and mm-hmm. you feel crackish, you know, if you can just slow that breathing, six breaths per minute count those it'll automatically stop that chatter Mm. so that's that to me is one of the best things that you can just do period because we were talking before about the training of it when you start to train yourself to be conscious of how many times per minute you're breathing the more you're able to do that right that equals long-term effect because it's like, oh, how am I breathing? Oh, slow my breathing. Each time you do that and you're conscious of your breathing, you're putting your body in a much better state to chill, to heal, to relax, to trust, to, you know, rest. Rest is vital for us. I mean, that's where we, that's where we regrow and heal. And, you know, so uh, being in a parasympathetic state, which is a restful state is mm-hmm. really, and the way that you get there is by calming your breath. Yeah, wow. That's where that's where I sound like right. We bring the woo woo to reality. 
It's like, you know, this breath work, oh man, you can elevate your frequencies, man. You can totally change your vibes, dude. <laughs> no, there's actual science to it. Like you can, like there, you know, there, there are beta states that you can be in with your brain and then you want to get to, you know, delta states, I think is where, where we sleep and uh, beta states are like, you know, uh, like your higher levels that like almost uh, out of body, like intuition, like that kind of thing. Um, but you can, you can alter your state with your breath i mean that is a that is a proven thing but it's also like kind of woo woo you know what i mean it's like it's like it's in that realm but you can the, the science behind it is you get yourself more in a parasympathetic state and the more we're able to do that the better we won't be going back and forth like when you leave your house okay you you want to we, we want to constantly be going back and forth between a sympathetic state a parasympathetic state stress no stress stress no stress right build up that tolerant right so when we are outside of our house those are the times when you're going to be more in a like a, a sympathetic state right especially yeah. in new york city traffic's coming at you there's noise if there's wind that's hitting your face that's cold that's putting you in a parasympathetic state because of this thing called the the mammalian dive reflex whenever that's why when you splash like cold water on your face to wake up there's an actual response to that it's putting you in a, a sympathetic state i know <laughs> then that smashing your face right so our, our bodies are like in a stressful state in that regard when you come back home you want it the opposite you want a parasympathetic you want to relax relax you want to rest right but so often we're on our phones we're on our computers uh even tv keeps us in a sympathetic state because we're constantly reacting to things right think about you watch a show yeah. on your blood it's constantly going it's constant so when you are able to come back out of that and really chill and, and relax, like that's when you heal. So going back and forth between the two is, is vital. It's, a, it's so important for us, but so rarely we don't get back into a parasympathetic state. We don't get into that restful state. We're constantly in a sympathetic state, which means our, our um, inflammation is up. Our adrenaline rises and our cortisol rises right cortisol is an inflammatory it's, it's inflammation so if we're constantly in a sympathetic state because we're reaction re reacting to things we're constantly inflamed and what they're seeing is like 80 percent of all chronic disease there's chronic inflammation behind it hmm. you know it's it's like uh it's it's something it's just so beautiful how how everything is surrounding the breath yeah the breath is our <clears throat> into all of that shit yeah. So when you feel yourself freaking out, notice you're probably breathing with just your chest, not your diaphragm. So your belly's not going out on the inhale. That's another thing, the paradoxical breathing, which is rampant. My parents did this. A lot of people do this. And I think it happens after uh, we get introduced to like, I don't know, humility, I guess, or like pop culture or some shit. Anyway, paradoxical breathing is this. It's like, you ever watch a baby breathe? Their bellies are like, yeah. yeah right they're like they they their bellies are out and when they breathe in their bellies go out because your diaphragm expands so your belly goes out most people i shouldn't say most people a lot of people when they breathe in they suck their belly in and when they exhale their belly goes out that is completely incorrect so i think what happens oftentimes like with men especially men like 
will chest up, right? They'll, they'll get in like big chested, like peacock almost, right? And, the, and God forbid, like we're fat, right? So we suck in our gut. So when we're, excuse me, when we're inhaling, the inhalation comes in. So the ribs pop out and we're more, you know, strong, we're strong like no, you know? Women, it's like, God forbid, someone thinks they're fat. You know, there's so much pressure that's put on beauty and, and so yeah. you, you suck in the belly and you keep it sucked in. Well, when we do that, we're constantly in a sympathetic state. So by trying to impress fucking Joe Schmo or, or you know, uh, you know, Sally from down the block, like we're inflaming ourselves. We're putting ourselves in a much worse health situation. Yeah. Um, them breathing properly and, and so I, I think something happens somewhere along the way because babies do it and then once you get into like adolescence and stuff it changes it's weird so there, there's some kind of correlation or connection between like the ego evolving and, and uh, the way that we breathe um, but when you are when you are able to breathe properly on the inhale and you want to be breathing in the nose and out the nose on the inhale your belly will go out, and so your chest will, will go out a little bit too, and the exhale, it goes back in. And then on the inhale, it goes out, and then on the exhale, it goes in. You think about your body, your upper torso, like a balloon. So when you inhale that air, it's like you're filling up the balloon. So your torso, even your back, like your chest and your back will expand away from each other right your belly button and your spine will expand away from each other because you're getting a bigger belly you're getting a bigger you're expanding that capacity right so being conscious and doing things like that and being able to activate the the, the mechanism to, to breathe properly and expand is really great and then throughout the day you want to like breathe minimally you know you want to be in control of that breath where you're not huffing and puffing you're, you're breathing less <clears throat> The left, it, it's almost weird. Like the, there's a there's a line for sure, but like normally the less that you can breathe consciously, like like uh, practice, the better throughout the day. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for all that education, there, buddy. Man, I, I think I think breath work, meditation, which is starting to go into schools, improv, yeah, chess should be taught in school. I really do. I think those things help develop the mind uh, much more than a lot of the classes that we're seeing. That one of fertile soil. Let me get my my phone, uh, my charger over here because it's saying a little battery. Uh, we're about to wrap up soon, so <clears throat> I don't want to hold you too long. You're about to click out on you. Yes, we're we're good. I, I have a, a little bit of time. Fertile soil, which is one of my companies. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, the intentional teacher, which is another one of uh, my companies that I have with my business partner, uh, was a, a public school teacher. Where you, um, is that, okay, wonderful. Uh, where we've started to go into this year, um, kind of beta testing some of our ideas, going into the classroom. She's doing some, you know, breath and meditation kids in the classroom before class that they take the first five minutes out of the class to do that um and i'm going in there with uh her and for the administration and for the teachers we're doing uh, more advanced you know breath work for for them throughout the day and uh it's just really remarkable seeing the changes 
Mm, wow. Just seeing how people can just like hit that refresh <clears throat> lunch or, you know, before class, uh, seeing how the kids are uh, more in a state of, of learning and in um, like kind of improv that that kind of thing like you know it, it, excited to be there and to participate and the teachers are also more uh compassionate and like patient and, you know it's just it's it's it, it's really interesting but yeah i absolutely think um that it should be taught in schools for sure cool <clears throat> well coming to the end here buddy and i want to ask you a couple of questions before we leave Please. um so what does a life of love mean to you what does a life of love, love. mean? Um, I noticed my mind going in several different life areas, but I think a big part of that is freedom. I think I think free trust trust is a big part of it, and freedom is a big part of it, like freedom of exploration. But trust. So, uh, if that's with a person, you know, that's that's with the person. If that's with um, like yourself. Or, or, or life that's, that's there too but I think a lot depends on trust and freedom freedom of exploration okay. that you know it's all going to be good right we're all going to die at some point Might as well. <laughs> life we want we feel purpose at alright and so how do you disrupt yourself um you know one of the things that I do which uh I, I don't like it, but I also overall like it, is I'll look at things that either I feel like I'm becoming addicted to or that are like really ingrained in my pattern, uh, like coffee for one, right? Things like that or like um, uh, exercise is another one, you know, like um, <clears throat> doing less is, is very difficult for me, like, like especially physically like I'm all, I, I always like I, I either want to go to jujitsu I want to go to the gym I want to ride my bike to the beach and get in you know the cold water I want to go to the park like those kind of things um, so taking a day of doing nothing mm-hmm. yeah. those things is very difficult turning off uh, all of my stuff all my electronics like all of, like no tea like that kind of thing certainly is like a, a like in my you know uh operating especially you know the the past two and a half years now of like full being like full independent entrepreneur whatever blah 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 but being able to you know uh live the life that i want to live and travel where i want to travel and you know all that good stuff um what was it can you I said, it was how, how do you disrupt yourself? Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Yeah, so so being able to to just sit there and and not do it. So that that is a way that I'll certainly disrupt uh, my patterns. Okay. And uh, what does it what does a juicy love life look like to you? A juicy love life. Mm-hmm. Ooh, juicy love life. <laughs> <laughs> I think when. One, it, it, it's it's ingrained in trust, but where you can also, within those boundaries that you create, like continually surprise the other person. I think uh, I think attraction is is oftentimes often based on 
um, like trusted novelty, that kind of, um, but it has to be ingrained in trust. I think any, I think any great communication, you can dictate the stipulations to it. I don't think love is necessarily, um, <clears throat> beholden of, of one thing or one philosophy or, or one idea, but I do think it is dependent on good communication yeah. and, yeah. and you know tr trust and communication essentially is honesty right so like being having having uh knowing how the other person likes to be communicated with and knowing how you like to be communicated with is really really important and also uh the trust that um you know whatever you two are discussing is like for the better you know yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, so definitely trust and communication and, um, yeah, I don't, also learning how to like turn each other on too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Your, your, your needs and wants are, yes. you know, important too. Like I'm, establishing those, the, that groundwork and those boundaries or those, um, uh rivers i guess that you know you 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 state so the person can know how to operate within them yeah and yeah and last question what is one lesson that you learn as an entrepreneur that you would pass on to someone else um don't stress so much like you know you're on a good path continue learning and yeah. um you know don't don't stress about uh don't stress about things that you can't control. Yeah. It's so interesting you say that. Um, there's a, a guy who I have two guys I follow, Pat Flynn. He's like podcast king and he wrote this book called uh, Super Fans, which you should get. It's really great for entrepreneurs and how to create your fan base. And another guy, um, Tom, I'm not going to say his last name correctly, but boy, he's the um, creative um, impact theory on YouTube, uh, has his own show. And they both, I hear this over and over with, um, entrepreneurs who are super successful they always say always keep learning always keep growing always yeah. keep learning I think that's vital man yeah do, do you read Robert Greene's books at all right I have I don't think I've heard of Robert Greene who is he I some I, I think I unless I gave him all away um, but he's my favorite author but he wrote like <clears throat> laws of power he wrote the art of seduction he wrote um the 50th law with 50 cent i think i actually have that like right here it's a great book i don't um but he, he has a book mastery and i think this is like two books ago of his and he talks about how masters are always in like one of four states of being you know like uh uh just audience you know like novice like um you know uh then participant uh teacher and master right and when you're in the novice phase you're always always learning because you don't know anything you know so there's this the, the amount that you do learn is that much greater than as you're older because you start to you know close that mind so he's like all great masters always keep that novice mentality as a part of any of those one you know of those four states of yeah. mastery uh, and I think that's completely true. I, I think it's just in, in 
like the the nature of of people that just want to better themselves so they can live their truths you know yeah. in this field like there are a lot of charlatans that just like the idea of you know being a fucking <laughs> health on whatever but aren't the stuff and it's like you know you want to constantly learn so you live it yeah going to be that embodiment of what you're, you're talking about or teaching yeah well i greatly appreciate you being here tell people where they can find you online um yeah so you can email uh, my company for uh, michael at fertile soil.co um m-i-c-h-e-l and fertile soils f-e-r-t-i-l-e-s-o-i-l.co or you can uh go to my wim hof uh, page which is uh wimhoffmethod.com slash instructors slash michael christoforo um you'll be able to find it if you're on the that site anyway but yeah shoot me shoot me an email and uh say what's up and ask questions and um, if you're interested in breath work, for anyone that's listening, please get in contact with me. I'd love to love to go over it. My Instagram, what is my Instagram? You can tell me. <laughs> um, uh, social media is at, at M. Christoforo, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-F-O-R-O, and uh, FertileSoil.co is um, the other Instagram handle, at FertileSoil.co. Well, I greatly appreciate you being on the show, man. And um, just, I learned so much for, I always learn so much when I'm in your presence. <laughs> man, thank you for being here. Great seeing you, dude. This is really nice to connect. Yeah, it's man. Really like just being on our own journeys, but parallel roads type deal. It's, it's really cool, man. I, I, I send you all the love and um, support and the world and wherever I can help with the uh, I'm, I'm there. I'm interested. All right, man. Thank you. I'll see you, bud. All right, bye. Hey, guys. So don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at Jimmy Allen and Twitter, simply Jimmy. And don't forget to rate, rate, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Thank you guys for joining me. This is Jimmy Allen with Crazy Juicy Love.